leadership in cybersecurity isn't just about understanding threats. It's about leading a team to navigate them with confidence. At CPF Coaching LLC, we specialize in taking your leadership skills to the next level. With over 15 years in the cybersecurity field, we empower professionals and startups to reach unprecedented heights. Imagine having a personalized coaching experience tailored to your unique career ambitions. From strategic planning to masterful pitch and interview preparations, we're here to guide you through every challenge. Join us for our unique value proposition workshops or dive into our vibrant learning community for continuous skill advancement. Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it. Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Breaking Into Cybersecurity. And today we have a great guest, uh, Christina Lemons. Uh, or do you go by Chris? I do, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, Chris Lemon, and she'll be telling us about her story, Breaking Into the Industry. But before that, uh, ensure that you follow us both on uh, both of us on LinkedIn. If you're joining us from LinkedIn, feel free to drop comments in, um, asking questions, telling us where you're you're phoning in from, and then we'll be able to interact with the audience. For those of you on LinkedIn, hit that subscribe button and that notification button. That way, the next time we come on, uh, you'll see us come on. And for those of you on podcast after the fact, feel free to share us with all your friends and family. And with that, um, Chris. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why did you want to come into uh, cyber? Sure. Uh, and I just wanted to say, Chris, thank you so much for, for having me and just for doing this podcast in general. Um, this is, was really exciting when I found out about it. Um, so I'm Chris Lemon and I'm a security engineer um, working right now as a uh, consultant uh, doing security assessments and, and pen tests and um, I'm relatively new to the industry. I um, started in in 2019. I was a nanny, and I was actually looking for uh, a coding boot camp. I wasn't even interested in cybersecurity. It hadn't even crossed my my mind or wasn't on my radar. And um, I was looking for a, a coding boot camp and came across a free cybersecurity bootcamp. And I thought, well, you know, cybersecurity, that could be helpful, you know, with secure coding practices and whatnot. So if I get in, I might as well, well give it a try. And um, that's kind of what, what started my, my journey was I got into this, you know, the bootcamp and um, I got my security plus through the bootcamp. And then uh, like so many others, I ran into the problem of, you know, submitting tons of applications and really hearing nothing back. So um, just started 
uh, doing a, a lot of research and you know consuming everything I could find on how to break into cyber, which is one of the reasons I'm so excited that this podcast exists because I've been there. Like, what do I do now? Like, how do I how do I break in with no experience and you know this being just one in this large pool of hundreds of applicants? Um, so. Um, Oh, you yep. already, you, you have your fan club out there. Um, let's go, Chris. <laughs> Folks are already ready for the weekend. Happy it's Friday. Um, we have lots of folks chiming in. So you, you mentioned that you, you started looking for coding areas. Uh, what mm -hmm. about coding got you interested? Was the to begin with, like, were you always into that? Or was that new to you? When did you get exposed for wanting to do coding? So um, the the funny thing with that is I actually, um, I took the really, really long route into getting my bachelor's degree. I actually dropped out of high school when I was 15. Um, and didn't go back and get my I got my GED in my early 20s, and then went to community college and got my associate's degree. Um, and then was able to transfer in to a local college and get like a full ride scholarship. And I originally had started in psychology and I was almost, almost completely done with my psychology degree. And I had like an entire year and a half left of uh, scholarship funding and grant funding. And I said, well, I might as well, you know, see what else is out there because you know, take advantage of, of free learning, free education. And so I, I took a, like an intro to web development course and um, I both loved and hated the, the pain of, you know, coding and finding bugs and getting stuck and working on something forever. And then finally finding, you know, the littlest thing that was wrong and um, like the satisfaction of, of making that run. So uh, this, that was actually back in uh, 2016. So I, I changed my my major and it was more of like a, a general. I did not get a, a computer science degree. I got a Bachelor of Arts in computing because I didn't want to have to go through all of the, the science requirements because that would have just prolonged uh, the degree. So I, I did that focus in web development and took um, a few different. I think it was nine courses focused on you know HTML, CSS and JavaScript and then um, a couple of like database courses and and whatnot. So that's how that happened. Um, Naga is asking, was there a reason behind coming into cybersecurity? I mean, you mentioned that while you were looking for uh, coding boot camps, but uh, what really did that pivot? Um, honestly, it was that there was a free boot camp, and I just thought, hey, I can get a certification with this boot camp learn something new, let me just see what it's about. Um, and that's kind of what, what sparked my interest. I think uh, in going to, into that with the Security Plus, it's so broad, it touches so many different topics across cybersecurity that I just thought, hey, this is a field that I can literally do anything I want in. Um, there's just so many different areas that there's a focus for everyone. Um, and even with like a psychology background, getting into like social engineering and uh, OSINT work and that kind of stuff, like it just is is very appealing to me for so many different reasons. I, I was just about to ask that. How how does your your <laughs> psychology background play into 
what you liked about it or what you're doing today? Um, it definitely helps with um, with uh, OSINT work, right? Um, and social, with uh, social engineering specifically. And it's social engineering may not be my favorite thing, but I, I'm good at it. And I think maybe because of that psychology background of uh, being able to read people and kind of provide what I think they're looking for mm -hmm. <laughs> when I'm talking with them. Um, yeah, I think it's just just overall uh, working with people in general and and networking uh, also helps, which I think is probably the the biggest um, the biggest thing that has helped me in breaking in has been my network and all of the people in it. So earlier you mentioned that you you felt like efficiency. One one of a, a hundred or one of a thousand applying for a role, and now you, you're mentioning that your network was your biggest asset. Like, how did you do tie the two together? Did you use your network to get your role? I did, yes. So, um, like I mentioned, you know, after applying for so many different positions um, and not hearing anything back at all, I started, you know, doing some research, and it was the same themes that were coming back. Like, in order to to break into the industry, you need to you know, show your passion and dedication and also build that network because it's it's really not about, um, I mean, also good to have skills and knowledge, but it, it, a lot of it is about being able to show the passion and dedication that you have and that desire to learn and grow. And you, know, you need that network to be able to show that to get your foot in the door because there are so many applicants. So um, yeah, I started, doing uh, attending meetups and um, I volunteered for the boot camp that I that I had just completed. So that was a great networking experience and that got me my my first um, cyber education position because they you know I volunteered at first and then they hired me onto the boot camp. So I, I worked with the boot camp and then they asked me to uh, create a CTF course. so I created a CTF course and then ran that. Um, and it, it just kind of, yeah, it just kind of spiraled from there. You created a CTF course? Let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's um, it specifically to help uh, students get into the industry um, by giving that, them that environment to network in and also providing them with that experience to put on the resume. So it might not be paid experience, but it's showing that they have that passion and dedication towards learning and self-directed learning, which is huge um, because it's it's just so important in this industry specific. So uh, yeah, the course is, is based around the National Cyber League competition. And uh, we get subject matter experts in almost every week to talk on a different topic. And we build our teams out and basically um, just network with, with people. I'd say there's about 25% of the students are in the industry already. Um, and they come back. You can take the course as many times as you want. So uh, it's really great to see those alumni coming back and giving back to you know the new students and and providing advice and mentoring them as well. Wow, um, Morel Rodriguez, one of our um, viewers mentioned you went from student to instructor. This is the way. Uh, she asked, yeah. "When's the next CTF?" Uh, the next one will be in the fall. So fall. Uh, 
Okay. Well, we uh, we try to align with the, the National Cyber League competition. So we'll share the links for our audience and you can comment it to me and I'll, I'll paste it out there and um, share that with them. Uh, so you're building your network, you're, you're looking for jobs. Did you, what was your approach? What did, did you know where in cyber you wanted to go to? Cause that's, that, that's one of the challenges I see when people is like, uh, sure, I want to get into cyber, but where, like you mentioned, the security plus is so broad. So cyber is so broad. How did you figure out what you wanted to do? I'm going to be 100% transparent and honest with this. I did not. I had no idea. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, and so I, I honestly was looking more about the company and the people and focusing on, um, to me, it's kind of like the work that I do, while that's important, I think the environment is a, is a bigger thing for me and the people that I'm working with, I want to work, you know, in a positive, supportive learning environment. Um, so that's really what I was mainly looking for. Um, yeah. And how did you figure out those companies? Did you take a shotgun approach? Um, were you very spear fishing in, in choosing your targets and your network? Yeah, so I, um, you know, going through my network, I had um, a, a colleague who I went through the the boot camp with, and um, when I was teaching on the boot camp, I had him come back and speak about his current position in cyber, and he basically talked about the. Um, the company and how much he enjoyed working for the company and, you know, just talking about the company culture and whatnot and talking about his job and his day-to-day -day tasks. And I thought I could do that job. That sounds perfect. That sounds like the perfect environment for me. So I basically just kept an eye on the website and kind of, you know, stalked the, the company until a position came up. And then I reached out to him and I said, Hey, it looks like your company is hiring for this position. Um, is there any way you'd be able to give me a recommendation or, um, is there someone that I can speak to? Um, you know, how can I make this happen? And uh, that's how I got my first my first job in cyber. Wow. So uh, and with regards to your resume and kind of describing your experience, how was that in the interview process being you're going from student to instructor to um, analyst now? How, how's that experience? Um, so again, I think it was really just focusing on showing my my passion um, for cybersecurity and really just for learning. Um, because in this industry, it's it's all about that desire to learn because you are going to be constantly learning and you do need to be comfortable with um, new things and and developing rather than just you know, doing the same, the same job for years, because that's not going to happen. It's going to evolve. So um, in the time that I was, you know, actually right before applying for this position and looking for more opportunities to include on my resume, I did go through the SANS uh, Immersion Academy. So I had uh, taken three SANS courses and done three SANS certifications in six months, which is like insanity. <laughs> So I think uh, between between that and, you know, showing that I was able to 
go through the cybersecurity bootcamp without really any sort of uh, background knowledge. Um, and then going into teaching and all of that, it just kind of showed that I had that you know dedication and ability to grow. I was just about to ask, like, what are some of the things that you did for that continuous education? Uh, I, I did one SAN course and trying to do it. I think we had a three month time span to do it. And even that was hard. Um, mm -hmm. So three and six months, that's that's even even more compressed. Um, what are what are some of the areas within cyber that that you love or that you love to share with others? Um, that's a great question. I, so right now in my work, you know, I'm doing uh, security assessments and pen tests. And I think probably one of my, my favorite uh, pieces with that, with that job is, is researching uh, the vulnerabilities that I do find. Um, I've always been a fan of research. And I actually really like writing reports, which is kind of funny, because it's like my, like my specific, um, you know, area of cyber people are, are known for not liking report writing. Uh, they tend to prefer the, the the technical testing, which I do enjoy also. But um, I also like like the research and, and writing aspect of it. Um, I, I'm really fond of of OSINT work. I love um, I just recently did my my first Trace Lab CTF, um, the, the last one that they had a few months ago. Um, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think just uh, really trying to experience different different areas, and I'm still I'm still dabbling in in different things. You know, I have my full time job, and then I have my my part time cyber job with education, and then I'm doing you know CTFs on the side, and just kind of trying to experience everything. Wow, that 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 keeps you busy, and and that's great. Oh, for too. sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, for say someone following in your footsteps from nanny to, to cyber engineer, uh, what recommendations would you have for them? Um, I'd have to say the, the biggest thing is for me was, was my network and um, being able to show my, my passion and dedication to uh, my, my network of people. And really, you know, it's, it's hard to find good people. So building trust is really important and um you're going to do that by by showing that you're capable of of committing and capable of learning so volunteering is huge i mean pretty much anywhere that you know nonprofits will love volunteers um you know organizations i'm part of the WESIS, um part of Women's Cyber Jetsu, uh, CSNP. There's just so many different organizations out there that you can partner with and network through and also volunteer. So you're like hitting all of the points there. You know, as, as long as you're dedicated, you can't overcommit. That's that's the biggest thing is, you know, I've had um, student volunteers myself and, and I've told them like, I am very excited to have student volunteers, but you have to show your dedication because I cannot give you a good recommendation if you aren't dedicated and you don't follow through on your responsibilities. So um, definitely growing that network and, you know, getting out there and, and, you know, doing those, those things. Yeah, we have, we have a 
comment from, I'm going to butcher this name, uh, Eab uh, on LinkedIn, 100%, I wouldn't have gotten my first role in uh, InfoSec without my network. So I was going to ask you, how do you go about networking? But it, you mentioned some great uh, women networking groups. What recommendations would you give for someone that's shy or introverted to, to go out and network? Because th that seems intimidating for many. It's very intimidating. Um, and that was me when I when I first started. So after I had, um, you know, tried to get into the industry and was getting stuck and, you know, I started reaching out to people and and I'll never forget, like one of the very first people that I reached out to, um, who's who's one of my own personal mentors. Um, she was the one that told me, you have to network, you have to do it. And I said, but I'm introverted. I don't like talking to people. And she said, so am I, you'll get used to it. Um, and it's funny because, you know, you do, but I will say if I can do it, you can do it. Like I am definitely introverted. I struggled from social anxiety my entire life since I was, you know, around eight years old. So if I can do it, you can do it. Um, just slowly get in there. and. The way that I started was I, um, I wrote out goals for myself. I had to do that because that was the only way that I was going to stick to it. So I made, um, you know, certain checklists for every month. Like I, uh, and this was uh, pre-COVID. This was about the, the year before uh, COVID started. But now we're getting back to in-person events. But I had, you know, a, a requirement of myself that I would attend at least one in-person networking event a month. And I would connect with at least five people and I would attend, you know, make make that list for yourself so you can check those boxes. And uh, it makes it a little bit easier, I think, than just kind of going in there and you know trying to figure it out. And for those that that are in a remote world, how any recommendations for networking remotely? Yeah, absolutely. Um, same thing. There's tons of especially now. Uh, tons of virtual conferences and uh, and webinars. I just did um, the day of security, which again, sorry, it's a it's a, a woman geared conference, but um, you know, all of these all of these women's organizations, of course, they you know love to have male allies, so everyone is welcome. Um, and they had an entire networking segment that was almost like networking speed dating, almost mm -hmm. you know where you could. You jumped into a room and you basically were paired with, you know, five different people individually for a couple of minutes. So you got to do like a speed networking session. Um, there's all kinds of, of different opportunities like that. I, I have to say one of my um, one of my great friends and cyber ally who's already uh, I've already seen her name pop up in here. Alma uh, Renaz, I met her through um through uh, Lesbians Who Tech. And I happened to go to one of their events and, you know, we all dropped our LinkedIn's in the chat and afterwards I connected with her and I said, hey, it was, you know, great to, to meet you at the event. And um, it just kind of, you know, went on from there. We went, you know, talked back and forth and um, eventually met a couple years later, but you never know. The, the type of connections that you'll make. And there are those opportunities to do that pretty much anywhere, you know, network. Uh, if you're in a class, if you're in a boot camp, um, just to basically talk to, talk to everyone. You never know where that's going to lead, right? 
Yeah, exactly. I, I do the same thing. Um, there's discords, there's slacks, mm -hmm. there's so many different um, avenues for that. Um, one question that I, I had for you, did you, you mentioned that you liked writing reports. Did you do like mock reports or mock analysis or a, a blog or anything like that? Um, prior to getting your, your first role? I didn't. Um, honestly, I had no idea. Uh, it's funny because uh, I know pen testing is one of like the, the larger areas that people like aspire to to get into. And I had no idea how little testing is actually involved in pen testing and how much of it is Excel, Excel spreadsheets and, you know, report writing. Um, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, I didn't really have very much experience. Um, I mean, other than just standard papers and within college and, and whatnot. I know um, I did with the the um, the G Pen through uh, the Sands Academy. Uh, they went through the process of um, the pen testing process and and kind of went into the reporting a little bit. But you know, there wasn't any mock reports or anything like that. Um, Roy, Roy commented, uh, social goals, this is what I call them, make three to five connections a day and not just connections, but actually talking to people. I also had a connection goal, a thousand connections, and also started to blog as part of my social goals. Uh, lots of great advice from Mr. Fumo, but not sure it, that he remembers it or not. Yep, sure do. Uh, <laughs> great advice, uh, Chris, as well. So, we're getting towards the end for someone now seeing all of your approaches how would you summarize that into one one piece of sage advice that you would share for someone um i guess network network and stand out i mean show your passion and your dedication while you're you're networking um and that's going to really what's going to be what gets you far so how do you stand out in um a, a crowd digitally or remotely yeah so i mean there's there's tons of different ways and um you know i think that was just mentioned blogging um but basically in the digital world uh posting and you know there's twitter you can retweet you can um Create your own content. If you're doing CTFs, you can do a CTF walkthrough or a write-up. But basically, just showing um, that you're passionate about about the industry and, and what you're doing within it to uh, share share your knowledge, to learn more, and share that with others. Wow, uh, Chris Lemon, thanks so much for all your advice. Uh, any parting resources that that you'd want to share? Any books that you want to recommend? Anything like that? Um, sure. Yeah, I actually just started reading um, Alyssa Miller's um, Guide to uh, Cybersecurity, and I don't know if that's the, act, the technical title of it, but um, that I'm really excited to, to finish that one off. But just getting out there and uh, looking up those organizations and, and local organizations and, and local meetups, I think, is, is key. Yeah, absolutely love it. Well, Chris, thank you so much 
for those of you uh, following us on LinkedIn, follow myself, follow Chris. For those of you on YouTube, um, uh, hit subscribe, hit that notification button. Oh, looks like we got one more question. Do you have time for one more question, Chris? Sure. So how would you go about learning all the information security has to offer? Uh, is it best to socialize or a little bit of everything? I mean, specialize. That's a great question. And I think there are um, different viewpoints on that. I was recently in a, in a webinar where they, um, they suggested specializing when you're trying to break in and, and kind of showing your passion and dedication to that specific area of what you're looking for. Um, that's not the route that I took. I, I personally just kind of dabbled in everything um, because like I mentioned, I'm still trying to figure out um, what I what I really love because it's just, you know, experience a lot, experiencing a lot of different things. I, I'm enjoying, you know, different areas of of everything I've I've worked with in cyber. So um, I think that that's maybe more of of a, a personal decision because I have I have heard both both viewpoints on that. I think what's important is really um, figuring out what you you do want to specialize in. So um, getting getting to that point eventually, I don't think it's necessarily in my route, I, not what I did first, but, you know, continue learning and don't just, you know, stick with one, one particular thing um, until you know that that's what, what is really what's for you. Hopefully that's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I, I definitely think it is. I, I myself took a similar route. I generalized first and then started to to specialize. Um, well, th again, thank you so much, uh, Chris. And thanks for everyone for joining us. Follow us on LinkedIn. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter, too. And uh, share this podcast with anyone and everyone. Thanks so much, everyone. Take care. Thanks. In the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business with a decade and a half of specialized experience. We're not just advisors. We're your strategic partners in growth and risk mitigation. Our tailored advisory services range from immediate hourly guidance to comprehensive three or six month packages, all supported with encrypted messaging for real-time assistance. For more information, cpfcoaching.com is your destination. Forge a path to success and distinction in the cybersecurity landscape. Connect with CPF Coaching LLC today and secure your business's future.